A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by White's IGA. Welcome to my Locavore Podcast. I'm Ros White and this is the podcast where we dig deep into the stories behind the hundreds of locally sourced, artisan, bespoke and innovative products available to you in one location at White's IGA on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. Our Locavore program was officially launched in 2013 to showcase and highlight to our customers where their food and where their local goodies come from and help connect them to the families who create it. When someone says they can save you time and money, you listen, right? But what if I said saving you time and money whilst providing the easiest, simplest, quickest and most delicious recipes ever? You may think I'm exaggerating, but no, I'm certainly not. In fact, I can even add by saying there are some pretty special flavours of awesomeness exuding from this vivacious, lively, energetic, clever and engaging cookbook queen author of 40 cookbooks, global TV star, Australian icon and Sunshine Coast treasure, my good friend, Kimmy McCosker of Four Ingredients. Our cookbook queen is in the house. Yay! The crowd goes wild. <laughs> Hello, Kimmy. Welcome. Um, oh, what a lovely introduction. Well, that's you, you amazing No, 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 the part before that about what the actual podcast is all about and the aim of it. I just think, wow, oh, beautiful. Yeah, and you've got a great local story too. Also part of our White's IGA family and the broader IGA family. And an invested interest in knowing who is creating what on our doorsteps. I like buying local. Yep. Shop local. Yeah, and you do. And you're a great advocate for it. That's demonstrated in, in everything you do, the way you cheer out for local people, local businesses, the community charities and yeah. screaming by the on the sidelines of your son, Raina, running and training. And, <laughs> uh, what we do as mums, isn't it, and business owners, and it's wonderful that, you know, we're able to combine both lives from the Sunshine Coast. I feel extraordinarily blessed. I do too, mm. absolutely. We're very blessed to live here mm. and also be surrounded by such amazing talent, but the quality of the food mm. that is produced here and the entrepreneurship, you know, the spirit. It's almost like a pioneering spirit, isn't it? Where people come here and just have brain explosions and create all this incredibleness. And we're here to enjoy it because it's on our doorstep, but it's also available to the world, isn't it? You know, anyone that comes here can enjoy and be a part of that as well. And I think spirit and support, you know, what I find about this incredible community is that a good idea is, you know, we all seem to champion each other products Mm. or services because they are good, they are creative, they are innovative Mm. and everyone gets excited by everybody else's products and latest offerings and I just think, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit and that community support Mm. that is The combination is lethal, isn't it? In our community, it's, it's very powerful. It is, it is. I want to talk about you being such a global sensation and how Four Ingredient differentiates itself amongst the myriad of others in this space, which is huge. You think about all the cookbooks across the world and what they, what their, you know, their purpose and what they sort of how they want to connect to their readers or, you know, the creators. So what is your magic and how did it all start? Oh, I think if I was to summarise the magic in one word, which is really difficult because there's obviously a lot of peelers to the success of a business. But in terms of the benefit, like a macro 
like bird's eye view. In one word, to summarise the magic or success of four ingredients, I think would be easy. It is just easy. It is easy to cook good food at the end of a busy day with what's in your cupboard when you know how. So I think that's probably, in summary, how we've differentiated. I'm not a chef by trade. I actually did a degree in international finance at university. So 15 years ago, far more versed in the complexities of superannuation than shepherd's pie. Life throws you these amazing curveballs. And as an entrepreneur, you think, oh my gosh, I need this. Not that you think you're an entrepreneur at the time, but then you actually go ahead and create it and leverage your mortgage and, you know, pound the pavements and that kind of, you you naturally end up wearing this entrepreneur's cap. But then the interesting thing is you become really passionate about your message and what you're doing. And what feeds that passion is feedback. People then buy your book or find your product and go, oh my gosh, I loved that potato bake. It saves me so much time and money. And, you know, I'm always going to do that now because it's just got three ingredients rather the previous one had seven. So it's kind of, it was never a planned journey for ingredients for me. It kind of sprung out of a need that I had 16 years ago. I had two beautiful little babies. I was working in corporate finance. It was an absolute pressure cooker. You were kind of, the expectation that you would work well beyond nine to five was just there. It wasn't written in stone, but it was there. And, you know, come five o'clock, my kids are already finished. Oh, they're still in after school care. I've still got to get them to swimming and and and, and, and soccer and tennis and everything else that's going on. So you, 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 you're always rushing. So I was rushing to leave the office. I was rushing to get home. I was, you know, peak hour traffic. We were living in Brisbane at the time. We'd pick them up from after school. I'd rush them to swimming. I'd cheer, 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 come, come, swim faster, faster, faster. <laughs> you know, because then we've got to get home and then someone's got to walk the dog and water the plants and put a load of washing on and we've got homework and, you know, and then everyone's starving and what's for dinner and into the, the pantry I'd go and there's all my lovely cookbooks because I grew up in, you know, regional Australia. So we always learned, we learned to cook there at the skirt tales of our mums and nanas. So I had a, a lovely selection of cookbooks and opened something up looking for inspiration and Jesus, Mary and Joseph, it's got 16 ingredients and one's a spatchcock <laughs> and it's 10 past six on a Wednesday evening, you know, it's just not practical. So from that life experience stem the need for a very simple cookbook. And at the time I was living in Wavell Heights, a beautiful suburb in the northern, you know, parts of Brisbane. And I went to Chermside, which at the time had the big borders, double story bookstore. It had an Angus and Robinson and had a book city. It had a Dimmix. And I went to each of those beautiful stores looking for the simplest cookbook I could find. But in 2006, it was game on. It was Jamie Gordon and Nigella. And if you weren't creating an asparagus custard with 14 ingredients, what were you doing wrong? So that's really four ingredients stem not from any culinary expertise I possess at all. Uh, it, it stemmed from just a, a basic need, necessity I had at that time to get good food on the table. You're very intuitive and very responsive and I think that's part of the magic that I see, um, that you just kind of pick up on people and their needs and then you want to solve that for them and you're very responsive to that so you take immediate action. I guess you solved a problem for yourself and then you solved lots of problems for, you know, lots of other people right across the globe. And isn't it interesting how when you see an industry or a sector going in a certain direction and you that's all admired and you think that that's kind of the way it is and whatever, and then you sort of step to the left or step to the right mm. and you step out of that and create something that just 
for people. And even though that was quite simple, there was a definite need there that wasn't recognised by anybody else. And your intuition was able to pick up on that and your responsiveness to that. And then you own this space. Like there's other, maybe even chefs that have come and created a similar thing, but you own this space. You know, mm. anyone first to market, I reckon, always owns. Always has a competitive always advantage. Always space, yeah. And you know, you're so right. Like four ingredients at the time was completely contrarian. We were the antichrist in the cookbook market at the time. It was amazing. But yeah, I think there was just that genuine need. I was just the masses and created something I thought was interesting. And see, you know, you learn a lot too when you create yourself because how I compiled that very first cookbook is that at the time I go to mother's group and I'd say, right, girls, at a mother's group, you always invariably end up talking about food. What are you mashing for your baby? What are you creating for your family that night, etc.? And I would ask, I'm going to, I'm writing this manuscript and, you know, I don't, don't even think at the time then I thought it was called Four Ingredients, but I'm after really super simple recipes and all these two, three, four ingredient recipes were just flying at me. It was amazing. So I knew intuitively there was a broader market other than just me for mm. this product because everywhere I went, sideline at tennis or baseline at tennis, sideline at soccer, mother's groups, you know, shopping in a lift, I'd ask people. Everyone needed the book. Everyone wanted the book. Everyone was interested in it. Isn't it amazing, Kim, 2006 picked up on this idea. That was when it started, just 15 years ago. And congratulations on your incredible milestone, 15-year celebration. It's still really relevant today. And the statistics are 70% yeah. of people at three o'clock don't know what they're having for dinner that night. And so you are, it's still very current. It's even probably more than ever. Our I lives have more. got busier. And so that is just, that's why your brand and what you do and, and your product and the problem solving that you do is still so relevant and current, isn't it, today? That And beautiful, nutritious. I know, you know, you've written so many categories. So it's not just, you know, four ingredients of um, an easy meal to pop on the on the table. It's it's one pot, one bowl. It's keto. It's vegan. It's diabetes. It's gluten-free. You're touching all the trends that are just continue to escalate right around the world. So you're really tuning into those key segments within categories, which is... It's kind of come about, Rosie, through dialogue. That didn't come about because I had this amazing foresight that knew that 306 people were diagnosed daily in a Australia with diabetes. That come about because early on I realised to be a good mum you need to be home, you need to be present. So I was a very early adopter of Facebook. I think I re- we created our Facebook account in 2008 where no one in my street had Facebook. Remember Facebook only started in a Harvard dormitory in 2004. So to be in a suburb of Brisbane in 2008, we were very early adopters but mm. I realised the potential it had to help me spread my word. So and, and even today like I I think we've just clicked over 810,000 followers on Facebook, which are all there, not because we have paid to play in that space. We have accumulated that amount of people simply through natural attrition, simply through, you know, viral, someone shared a post, someone's recommended, you know, we run engaging competitions, but we have this really lovely, loving, sticky, loyal audience now Mm. that was built from, you know, ground up, you know, basically we've been working on this for ages, but having that lovely audience. So on any given day, we have access to almost 1.3 million people at the drop of a post when you combine 
you know, aggregate all of our platforms. So, you know, our database, um, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook. And when you ask people, when you take the time to ask people what would help you in the kitchen, they'll tell you, oh my gosh, I'm gluten-free. Oh my gosh, I'm a celiac. I've just been diagnosed with diabetes. I'm trying to lose 10 kilos and I love bacon, eggs and gin and tonic. Okay, well, keto. You find this kind of common theme. And then because I did a degree in finance, I'll then start to research or I'll ring the major bodies and I'll go, how many people does celiac disease actually affect Mm. in Australia? How many people are certified gluten-free? How many people are choosing to live a gluten-free lifestyle? And when they come back with these outstanding figures, you go, oh my gosh, there's actually a real Mm. market for this. So, And then what you do is you think, okay, well, I'm not going to travel this road on my own. So you re-reach out to those amazing bodies like Celiac Australia and say, look, I'm aiming to write the easiest ever gluten-free cookbook. If I do it, will you get your dietitians to check it? for me and endorse it. And they're like, oh my gosh, when I tell them a couple of the recipes, they're like, oh my gosh, I'd buy that book. So all of a sudden you've got the might and power of their reach as well, you know, their brand on your book and you're amplifying that message. So it's all just honestly found a life of its own for ingredients. But I think I've kept it easy and I've kept it conversational. So Mm. the ideas for the, the books have really come from the dialogue I have on a daily basis with my large reaching audience. It is but there's also some science behind it and that's your left and right brain working together which is you know has Mm. that sort of substance behind the brand but then it's your personality at the forefront which actually connects with the people and I've seen you in action I've seen the way you interact and engage with people and people love you and they respond to you but Mm. but you're very authentic and you're very engaging and I've seen you in front of six to seven thousand delegates at a trade event I've seen you do your lives online I've seen you on the way you just you are in the community. You're always genuine and authentic and and embracing and supportive. And I know community is really important to you yeah. and you do a lot. And, you know, congratulations on all that you've done for the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Mm. How much have you raised now for, for Through the High Tea by the Sea? So we are coming up to $450,000. Congratulations, Kimmy. That's absolutely. And you've got a whole community behind you and that just does not happen on its own. And you do that year after year and it's a sellout and, you know, making an enormous difference in people's lives. And so congratulations on everything you do. Well, cancer sucks. So sure what, does. whatever we can do to help. Yeah. And I just think this, it just touches too many people. So, mm. you know, and I do believe in our lifetime, there will be a cure for breast cancer. So breast cancer currently affects one in seven Australian women over the age of 60. Mm. And I think, oh my gosh, you know, how many times do we sit at a table with mm. a bunch of girls and you look around and you think, oh, one or two of us is going to yeah, statistically end up with breast cancer. And I, mm. I honestly believe there will be a cure, but that is going to take dedicated, focused research, and that only happens through funds, Mm. through money. So I just think if we can do our little bit, you know, and this year we've got something so exciting and we're hoping to crack that six-digit figure, $100,000 raised for the first time ever. And, you know, it's all exciting and we, Mm. yeah, try to make it interesting and It's always a great day too. Our team come along and uh, we always have a great day. It's fabulous. Now, I'm going to change pace a little bit because I want to take you back. I'm a little scratchy little kid from the bush and I know we (laughs) kind of grew up not far from each other and that was a funny, funny little meeting in itself, wasn't it? When you said, what? 
that. No, but it comes from Colston Lake. <laughs> and you grew up just up the road in Mundabra, in Mundabra which is in the North Burnett, which is rural regional yeah. Queensland. Tell me a little bit about Kim Acosca as a kid growing up. You know, you got a great relationship with your mum and dad yeah. uh, and your family. Dinner tonight with them. <laughs> and enduring friendships that yeah. I've witnessed firsthand, that those really long enduring friendships that you went to school, you know, with those oh, fabulous, school. fabulous ladies from Mundabra. I know. We're all off to Melbourne next week. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> and so what, tell me a little bit about your childhood growing up yeah. and also what I want to touch on is was some of the inspiration because, you know, 1970s apricot chicken, savoury savory mints on, on a hamburger bun. Yeah. And um, golden syrup dumplings. And what about when you had an orange and you put a round of cabana, a square of cheddar, oh yeah, totally. and you topped yeah. it with one of those garish, you know, coloured oh, cocktail oh, onions. I, or my if you were really still posh. likes that. Or a gherkin. Oh, we're stuffed off. As if you were really <laughs> With a little red centre. <laughs> no, a cornishan, darling, it is a now. Cornishan. A cornishan now. I know. But um, you know what is old is new again? Oh, you'd know. You'd see this. Some of those. Tupperware parties in oh, the bush were the best with the little white sandwiches like with the beautiful fresh ham and the egg and lettuce and the, oh, this fancy spread. Do you yeah, remember that? Did yeah. you have Tupperware parties? Yeah, in the and bush? tennis. I remember the tennis fixtures and I always remember Mrs Love. She would always bring, she would never bring a sayo with just a round of tomato and cheddar cheese. She would bring like this amazing rice bubble date slice or she'd do the vanilla slice or she'd do some kind of jelly slice like mm. Mrs Love. Oh my God. So I was never even really, I never really even liked tennis, but I become really good at it because I just went every Sunday for Mrs. Love's life. God bless her. Rest in peace, oh, Mrs. Love. Never Only forgotten. she knew how profound an impact she had. That's it, absolutely. <laughs> See, we all connect through food. Isn't it amazing what inspires us when we're a kid to what we're doing too? I salivate thinking about some of those things that I, I ate know. when I was a kid. I know. Oh my but, gosh. But you know, that fond memory food, like I know I'll do, I say, a homemade marshmallow which is so cheap and so easy. It's a little finicky, but it's still cheap and relatively easy. And once you do it once, you go, oh, my gosh, that's nowhere near as fandangled as I thought, and you'll continue to do it. But that just reminds me of growing up as a kid in the mm. country where every Easter you get your old, mm. you know, the little rabbit mould and you'd make your homemade marshmallow and you'd colour your rabbit, little wabbit, and then <laughs> you'd set it and you'd put all this coloured, you know, coconut over it, and then you'd colour the coconut green for the green. Oh, and totally. And toffee apples. We used oh, to make toffee, toffee apples, apples yeah, yeah. and stand there over the pot with the apple and Fudge. push it in the, yeah, and it was sugar-coated peanuts oh. because Colston Lakes is a peanut-growing peanut. region. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. just just have peanuts on tap wherever or sit in the silo and just eat peanuts until you're popped yeah. because you can't stop eating them once you start. Yeah. Absolutely divine. But yeah, sugar-coated peanuts. And then you'd have the old-fashioned fate. You know, you'd have like all yeah. these things, toffee apples and little bags of sugar-coated peanuts and all these fabulous rabbits and goodness only knows what else at the local fair or the local fate. But yeah. even now, those like, you know, we've got these, if you have a school fundraiser, you've got all these amazing food trucks, but it's the little homemade stalls to the left and right of them that have got the biggest queues because there is your homemade fudge, there is mm. your homemade cupcakes. You know, that is still homemade in this high tech world is still so highly valued to make something and everyone goes, like the other day, I made this beautiful white chocolate cheesecake ball and took it into the Palandra Police Station, which I know looks really odd. And when I walked in and we've got all these people in the waiting room, I'm there with my white chocolate cheese. And everyone's like, did you make that? Did you actually make that? But I'm 
I'm so worried about our police officers at the moment. They know I've started cooking for them on a semi-regular basis. <laughs> now, don't go out on stress. You're all feeling okay. Oh, You're all right. Beautiful. <laughs> I think it was First Responders Day or something this yeah. week too, wasn't it? Now, Kimmy, on that, because this is an intriguing conversation, I am intrigued to know because you have a beautiful husband, Glenn, and your three beautiful boys. Yes. Do you stick with your four ingredients cooking at home or do you sometimes go a little bit off task <laughs> and maybe just, you know, vamp it up a little bit? Do you always cook four ingredients or what's your fave? Oh, honestly, Rosie, I do because if you follow my platforms, you'll see like last night we had about 20 people at home for State of Origin. So my post yesterday morning uh, to four ingredients was, okay, it's State of Origin day. Guess who we're going for? And I'm standing there with my younger son and we've got maroon wheat. <laughs> and scarves and jerseys on. And um, and then I just kind of, I walked everyone through what I was preparing. So in the morning, you know, I put the pork shoulder uh, into the slow cooker and pop some vinegar over it, then close the lid and then had the slow cooker book next to it. Then I started peeling all my potatoes and just layered them up and I didn't put the cream or anything on it. I just popped some glad wrap over it and put menu planning next to it and, and photographed that. And then I started making my, because it was actually my son's uh, 14th birthday as well. So I, you know, he wanted this chocolate Nutella ice cream cake with our Oreo crumble. You know, so I do tend to live what I preach simply because I'm converted. And for Honestly, all those reasons that you started 15 years ago, they're still you're still today. a very busy mum, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I know. I, now I now have three boys, 2017 and 14, and life is just as busy, but in a, a different a different way. So yeah, but and I still make. You know, the boys go, oh, "Mum, can you please make an M M&M and M slice?" for lunch boxes this week and I share the story mm. as well and then people feel they know you people begin to believe in you trust in you yeah. and when that happens they'll then they'll then follow you mm. and they'll, they'll they'll buy yeah, your product you're making a difference in their in their life in their day to day and then even beyond that and this is the most powerful part of that story they become your unsolicited unpaid brand ambassadors absolutely and that is just absolute gold and I mean we have just been so blessed with countless hundreds and hundreds of those, you know, kinds of people that will share things that will, you know, we have this lady that lives in New Zealand and I swear to God we're taking her out next time we're over there. But, you know, she would have bought over 24 books and she buys them all the time Good for on her. nieces Big and nephews. Out. and Yeah, shout yeah. out Heather Stout. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that rhymes. Look I'll at us have go. To, I'll have to tag her. That That's just amazing. You know, mm. that's, we're so, oh my gosh, we are beyond appreciative of all those people. So. And do you know the other thing? that really stands out for me. There's two other factors, obviously, simple, easy, tasty cooking. But the two other key factors is that your products in your cookbooks are generally accessible to anyone in any region in Australia. Yes. So because you grew up in regional Queensland and you under, I remember you saying to me, if it's not at the IGA Mandubra, it doesn't go into the cookbook. That's which right. Is, you and, do not have to hop a flight to China to buy an ingredient in yeah, this cookbook. Yeah, and that's terrific. But the other thing to that, so there are clearly simple, very accessible, makes it easy for people to be able to get the products that they need and often probably have half of them in their pantry. Or like you say, you know, when you get the veggie smugglers, you know, putting smuggling veggies into yeah, different, you know, savoury mints or whatever, you can just use up what's in your fridge to enhance the flavours. You don't have to stick to the four ingredients. Pop the other ingredients in, use it up. We're all about low food waste and all those sorts of things. But 
the other thing is, you know, it's very topical at the moment, the cost of living yeah. and people trying to meet budgets and the simplicity of the recipes and the cooking is also means less ingredients and costs less to put a nutritious meal on your family's table. And that's really, really important as part of what you've created here as much as anything else. Oh, and I think Rosie, you know, you probably have it too, I don't know, but growing up in the country, you have this just innate frugal streak. It just courses through my veins. And, you know, my husband will go, Kim, it's like a sliver of capsicum left. Shall we just, you know, put it in the compost? I'm like, no, 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 no. There is still nutritional value in that. Mm. Wrap it and stick it in the fridge. And then when 20 things get pushed in front of it and eventually it turns to mush in the back of the, then we can throw it out. But I still- put it in the compost in the garden. Garden, totally. I still believe that I will use that. I have this innate frugal streak. I waste nothing. And I always have some frozen veggies too, because on that veggie smuggling thing, and I say this to everyone, you use my recipes as a base. You know, a beautiful chicken tikka masala, a bit of tikka paste, some lovely chicken, bring it all together with a tin of Heinz Big Red. Those two flavours together are absolute magic. They're a powerhouse. It's a delicious meal. I'm never going to serve that up just with tikka paste, chicken and tomato soup at my house because in my house, on any given day, because we are blessed to live in this absolute amazing country called Australia, where we have this rich, fertile soil and right amount of rainfall and beautiful number of sunshine days, and we create all this fabulous fresh produce. Mm. On any given day, you open up our my fridge, and there's vegetables in my crisper. Yeah. There's you know vegetables in my freezer. So you get out any number of those. You cut, chop, slice, and great, and you add it to mm. your dishes. And I will tell everybody that that's where you get. You add more to it, and you make it your your own and you you customise to suit your family. Of course, and and really it starts just with the meal inspiration. So you're solving the problem in the first instance. So when my customers come into, our customers come into White's IGA at 3.30 because they pick the kids up and they're looking for something for their hungry family, it's just that instant, oh, boom, you know, like the chicken bacon. um, semi-dried tomato and cream. I do love that dish. It's quite yum yum. But see, I will And then you can mix it with, say, a Pepe Leon's beautiful gluten-free fresh pasta, which is just you know, available there, lovely local product. And there you are, they've got a, a bag of spinach. I always upend a bag of spinach into that dish yeah. as well. So Yeah. And so you can integrate, you know, your fresh, your favourite local products that yeah. you know, are here available in abundance. But, you know, you're planting that seed, you're solving a problem. There's the inspiration. Now use what you have at home, whatever other inspiration you have as you're walking around the supermarket and make it your own. But it's just that initial, that initial thought or that, thank goodness, that's what we're having for dinner. Fabulous. And see, for me, that initial thought is often like I'm oft, it's often dictated by your catalogs mm. or your email and what's on sale. So three boys who are absolute living embodiment of carnivores. So meat at the moment, you know, protein's quite expensive. So I'm often looking at what's on sale. If you've got a big round of lamb or a big, like yesterday, pork shoulder, I got really, really cheap. So mm. that become last night's, you know, when you're feeding 20 people, I actually bought two of them. So, but those big muscular meats when rendered down and cooked low and slow, are mm. just so succulent. They fall off the bone. So Yum. cooked right, mm. the the hardiest and, and most muscular pieces of meat will still be just so soft and tender. And so, probably the tastiest too because they oh. absorb all those mag- magnificent flavours. Now, I'm going to, you must have a gazillion mottos in your life and things you've learned along the way, but what's the motto you live your life by? 
Oh, Rosie, it's honestly, I say this to my boys all the time. My grandmother, this come from my grandmother. So it's nothing earth shattering, but I just think if we all lived by it and it's so simple and it's do unto others as you wish done unto yourself. Nice. So simple, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. I think if we all lived by that, and she would always say that. She was just always such a lovely, lovely lady, very empathetic with what was going on with her neighbours. She never, I think she only ever left Queensland once in her mm, life. She never hopped on a flight. She yeah. never experienced. You, you speak to her. She lived to what, the ripe old age of 101 and nine months. Wow, that, you know, she remembers seeing the first car. She just could not believe that her great-grandchildren would sit on either side of the bed and text each other. She's blown away by the, the, how modern life has become and how close but yet distant we can be as well. So, yeah, but she used to always say, do unto others as you wish done unto yourself. And, and you know, that is a beautiful thing to think and have that thought process and it's very simple but it's actually absolutely beautiful and it's how we should be thinking. And in this crazy busy world, let's always remember to still be compassionate and be empathetic yeah. and to be kind. And and give back. And I just think, you know, the more you give in life, or well, you know that too, the more you give in life, the more that comes back to you. Mm. I mean, we're just so blessed, I think. <gasps> and even on those days where you have troubles, you go for a walk along the beautiful Caloundra foreshore and mm. the, the sun is dancing on the waves. And it's like a thousand diamonds in front of your eyes and you think, oh, how lucky, how lucky yeah, are we? Absolutely. So we can, you can buy your cookbooks. We have a selection of your cookbooks in our YTJ stores, which we you love do. supporting. You're always coming in and doing lots of little cooking demos. But where else can, you know, what's the best way to see the full suite of your fabulous cookbooks? A whole 40. What's the best way people can kind of connect with you? Fouringredients.com.au. That's our best way. Facebook, our four ingredients, just Google four ingredients, our Facebook page as well. So, and then any any and all good bookstores, even if the book you want isn't there, it can easily be shipped in. So, or, or call us. We are literally available. Talk to the fabulous Mel. Yeah, beautiful Mel, who has my brand manager, who has worked with me now for 13 years. She's a wonderful, fabulous lady. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, when you talk about do unto others as you wish done unto you, I mean, yeah. she is just the embodiment of kindness. Yes, she is. So she's... nothing is too – like, and I hear her, oh, my gosh, she's got like this superpower <laughs> on the phone and someone will ring up and they're – you know, so cranky because Australia Post delivered their book and it's got creases in it. And not only does she smooth somehow the creases out of the book that's in another state, <laughs> she smooths the creases out of the conversation and then unknowingly, like a viper, she's in there. <laughs> and this poor person has now bought another four books. Oh, go Melly. <laughs> Maybe got... she's your magic, magic Mel. <laughs> oh, she is one. She is definitely a component of it. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kim, you've had enormous success 15 years for ingredients, uh, success globally. You're a global award winner, national, state, local. What's next for Four Ingredients? What's coming up? Well, after 40 books, I know you sort of think, how many more books could this girl write? But we've got a revised edition of the easiest one-pot cookbook ever, only because we have inside intel that Jamie Oliver is bringing out one pan in September here in Australia for Father's Day. So here's my plan, Rosie. I'm going to revise one pot and call it the easiest one-pot cookbook ever. Put a cheesecake, which we know is Australia's most popular Mm. dessert, a slice, Mm. 
meatballs and a chicken recipe on the front cover. I'm going to bring it out a month ahead of time and let him do all the marketing and make sure they're sitting side by side on every supermarket, every supermarket shelf, every you know discount department store, every bookstore. I know that because of the trust and the loyalty, my will probably, I'm hoping, be favoured over his. Well, so, well, I say to all our local listeners on the Sunshine Coast, of course, make local your first choice for yes, a start. A hundred percent. And um, so that's uh, it, the very first one. The second one is a book that I'm working on currently in cohorts with Diabetes Australia. And see, they have a database of 5.5 million people and, you know, we're 306 people diagnosed daily with diabetes. That's growing. So that's our real pandemic, to be honest, long-term diabetes. But um, that's a whole other story. So we're working on that for release at the start of next year. And then also subliminally what I'm working on as well is a FODMAPS book. So yeah. FODMAPS is an acronym. So you've seen it or mm. heard. Yeah. P- people are asking more and more and mm. more for it. So I first started hearing about FODMAPS uh, through the gluten-free expos mm. and people would say, oh, is any of this, you know, FODMAP friendly? Yeah. And then I yeah. started going and listening to some experts in the field talking about it. And so basically in a nutshell, FODMAPS is an acronym for all the different types of sugar. So you've got like, you know, F, fructose, mm. O, oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, it goes on and on. So yeah, that's an interesting one. Mm. And that will be first to market as well in that format. So that's an interesting one that we're working on at the moment too. Goody, look out for it. We'll have to get that one in the store for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a couple of cooking demos on that. Well, Kimmy, I always love seeing you. You always make me laugh out loud. (laughs) You're an absolute delight. And I am so surprised that we're already coming to the end of our conversation because we could be here for two days. It just feels like it started. But But anyway, keep it simple, beautiful people. You will be amazed what you can make with just four ingredients, local products and a little bit of effort in your kitchen. Wise words from an incredible lady. Thanks, Kim. Love ya. Love ya. A locavore is a person who chooses to consume food that is grown, raised or produced locally. This is the Locavore Podcast, brought to you by Whites IGA.